Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us right now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is one of our Radio.com sports insiders, also Sirius XM NBA host Brian Scalabrini joining us hey, Scalabrini, on the Great shoot Midwest that thing. Bank Hotline. Scal, appreciate the time, man. <laughs> What's up, Scal? I can shoot it. I can only shoot it from the corners, man. Shooter! <laughs> man, you could have played like 25, 30 years, yeah. made a boatload of money hitting that corner three in nowadays oh. game. I know. I, I guess I missed my calling, but I think I did all right. I, I didn't think I'd ever play in the league. I got 11 yeah. years out of it. Yeah. It was a de- definitely a thumbs up. Shoot that well, thing, and bro. and Brian, the reason we're we're excited to get you on here is obviously uh, one of the biggest names and and one of the biggest times when you were in the league was when you were playing with the Boston Celtics. Your Boston Celtics taking on our Milwaukee Bucks. What did you see in the first three games uh, that really gave the Bucks uh, a favor in Game Three, having them up two games to one in the series? Yeah, the two things um, get Budenholzer, the staff, Giannis, you know, growing so fast. I mean, I think he's an immortal player. The biggest thing that really stood out is his uh, willingness to give the ball up early. You know, yeah. he, I thought he forced the issue trying to drive the ball, trying to go into his Euro step, which we know. That's, it's, it's, uh, I mean, when he goes into that move, not a lot of guys in the NBA could stop it. But in the playoffs, they were ready for it. So him giving that ball up right when he was cracking the three-point line, knowing that he'd get it back, building the confidence in his guys, you know, I think he deserves a lot of credit. I think the, the staff deserves a lot of credit for telling Giannis, hey, you're not going to be able to force it against Al Horford and Aaron Baines. You know, you need to move the ball early and trust your teammates will make the right play. Then it comes back to him, and he goes on the attack, and he seems a little bit unstoppable once he does that. Let's talk about Marcus Smart a little bit uh, and him uh, looking like he's probably going to end up playing uh, tonight for the Boston Celtics. What he means, I said earlier that I I think he represents the heart, the grit, the fight, everything right now that the Boston Celtics could probably use a little bit of. Yeah, no question about it. He, um, it's, it's the whole thing about the Celtics this season have been they're a pretty good team throughout the, throughout the game, 40 minutes, 42 minutes. But you saw the 28-2 run against the Bucks in uh, the Bucks going on them in Game 2. You also saw a 21-6 run in Game 3. Marcus has this uncanny ability to make a big defensive stop, to, to get a steal that leads to a, uh, a bucket. You know, all superstars in their own right – break runs one way or another. Usually they do that with making a tough shot, getting to the free throw line. Marcus Smart, not a superstar, but he does it with gritty play on the defensive end, and he holds guys accountable. He's never about getting his, I need more touches. He's always about the team. He's about, you know, he's about winning, and that's and in the NBA nowadays, with all the money being flown around, not a lot of people are always about winning. They want to win. But Marcus wants to win every minute he's out there. He wants to win when he's on the sideline. Great leadership ability. But he's only going to be able to play about four or five minutes at a time. So we'll see if that translates to enough. But if anything, it'll give the Celtics a little bit of an energy spike. No, and I would agree with that. Uh, but I think it's going to come down to Kyrie. I mean, that's what it's all about. And he just have not had a – last couple games just had not gone well for him. What are, the, what are the, the Bucks doing differently on him? I think the biggest thing is not allowing him to turn the corner. So if Kyrie makes 
step backs, if Kyrie makes pull-ups. You know, they're dapping him a little bit more than they did early on. They're also guarding him with a little bit of size, getting that hand up. I think in the NBA and when you're dealing with mega stars, you have to give up something. And what are you willing to give up? And Kyrie, is as good as he is, you know, he's a guy that can create a shot. He can shoot the three, catch and shoot off the dribble. You have to give up something. I think they're giving up the pull-up jumper. So for me, I think Kyrie's got to commit to that more and maybe a little bit more two-man game with, with Al Horford and don't get so discouraged when the Bucks hit him with a two-man trap. He's so willing to give the ball up, but he's not aggressive to get that ball back. I agree with you. Kyrie, one way or another, has to put this team on his shoulders. I don't, he doesn't need to do it for 48 minutes, but there's, far, there's little plays in there where the Bucks are on a run. He needs to be the guy that's like, all right, I got this. Let's run a little two-man game, me and Al Horford, and I'll stop the, the bleeding for now. See, and, and my, my standpoint is I guess I'm a little bit different, right? Like, I understand the Stars got to carry you in the playoffs and all that. To me, it just seemed like too much isolation basketball, not a lot of passing, especially when they got in transition finding the open guy. How did you look at it in Game 3? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not down on isolation in the playoffs. I think uh, we'll, we'll see a lot more of that. If you watch the Philly-Toronto series, Philly's trying to control pace with posting guys. You've seen in the Houston series. So there's a lot of isolation going on, but Here's the thing. I, I do think when they want to take the ball out of Kyrie's hands, that is not the time to go isolation for the rest of the guys. It is catch, you know, put the ball on the floor, get to the paint. If you could turn the corner, do it. If not, make a play. You have to sort of play out of the Kyrie double team because they're double teaming him, you know, 30, 35 feet from the mm-hmm. basket. And if, if the Celtics don't make them pay, then the Bucks will go and run away with this four games in a row. So you have to make, when they double-team the superstar, the rest of the role players, are, and I don't even want to call them role players because some of these guys are really good. Like, those guys have to make the Bucks pay, and if they don't do it with an aggressive mindset, they do it with an isolation mindset, then that's going to fall right into the Bucks' hands. Talking with Radio.com Sports Insider Brian Scalabrini, also host on NBA XM Sirius Radio, uh, and also commonly referred to as the White Mamba. Brian, I have to ask you, as the NBA does become about role players a little bit more in the playoffs, guys that know their role but also have been there in huge situations, that was George Hill in Game 3. Just how big can that acquisition alone be uh, for this Bucks team trying to get through the Boston Celtics and ultimately into playing late in May into June? Yeah, I think when you're looking at your role players, and you know, let's use that term loosely, right? Like this, George Hill makes $18 million, so he's right. a role player. But, yes. But – you have to look at what a guy is capable of on the best of his nights because that's kind of what the Bucks are hoping for. And I'm sure if it's not him, it's somebody else. And there's different guys could step up, and they use that term so loosely. This guy needs to step up. That guy needs to step up. But George Hill in and of itself, like he's capable of having those type of nights, and it only took a couple shots for him to get going. And that is huge for a guy like Giannis. That's huge for a guy like Bledsoe that now when he goes back in the game, doesn't feel the pressure that he has to do something. He can once again let the game come to him. And as much as heat as Bledsoe got last year and in game one, I think he's been terrific the last two games. And I do, I do really believe this. Everyone's got to play to their personality and their strength. And if you try to act like somebody you're not in the playoffs, you're going to get exposed. And I think Bledsoe at times have tried, have tried to do that. I'm the star. I'm the big-time point guard. Now he just goes out there and plays, and the result is he's a big-time point guard. 
Now, what what do you think about Giannis? Because I think in the first game, they kind of held him in check. But you've seen now in the last two games, he's been able to get you at least 30, 10, and, and 9. Well, I think he's an immortal player, which to me those are like the top 10 of all time when it's all said Ooh. and done. I, I give him – like the, the difference between well, – we were talking about this. LeBron, who physically dominates the game, and right. Giannis, who mm-hmm. physically dominates the game. Mm-hmm. LeBron was an unbelievable passer. Yeah, so kind of like a like a – football quarterback that watches that strong safety take a step forward and then lets that ball go based on one small twitch of the uh, of the safety. LeBron's doing the same thing with the defense. He's reading that third defender. That guy takes one step in, boom, delivers a pass to a wide-open shooter, and that is absolutely demoralizing when he does that. So Giannis, he's not going to be at that point now. He's not built that way, at least at, at this point of his career. Right. But what he did do – and what the Bucks talked about is, you know, just give it up. Just start getting the guys going and pass it. And make a simple pass. Don't have to be a home run pass. You don't have to be the guy that gets the assist. Just get, get, the, get the Celtic defense reacting to you and make a play. And then from there, it went from good to great. And that great shot with Middleton in the corner. Or a guy like Bledsoe would get it and then drive the ball. So much stuff happened because all eyes are on Giannis. And now he's making the simple play. And what's the unique part about all that is, he becomes a much more efficient offensive player. But how do the Celtics stop that? What they have to do is they have to pick up Giannis, a one foot outside of the three-point line, and you cannot let him get that full head of steam. Having uh, done post-game show after Bucks games for about 14, 15 years now, I've went through some lean times, obviously, watching the Bucks and complaining about the other team getting superstar calls from the refs and so forth. Never in my life did I think I'd be on the other side having other team fans complaining about not getting calls, and it appears Celtic fans were livid uh, the last couple of games for that very same reason. I read a piece in The Athletic today by a guy that covers the Celtics, and he went play-by-play, play, uh, foul-by-foul through the whole thing as far as you know, calls that Boston got screwed on versus what Milwaukee got screwed on. How have you viewed the officiating in this series between Boston and Milwaukee? I, I mean, I know, like, Listen, I'm a Boston guy, and I want them to win, and I root for them. And the people on TV, they watch me, and they want me to root for them. I thought the officials called a great game. A foul is a foul, no matter if it's on Giannis or it's on Miritich, it's on uh, Shimmy Ojale. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I think the officials this year, of any year, have done a great job of calling what they've called in the regular season. They're not making crazy adjustments just because it's the playoffs. They're not letting – things go just because it's a playoff. If they if the Celtics foul the Bucks three times in a row and then they do it again, they are making that call. So my whole point would be the Celtics got to do a better job of not fouling. You got to find a way to defend Giannis without reaching down. You got to find a way to get your body in the right position and pull your hands back. And I get it. The playoffs are supposed to be more physical, but what's happening is the team that's putting their head down driving to the basket and playing with a more aggressive offensive mindset is a team that's getting, is going to get the calls. And that's what's happening in this series. So either the Celtics can either jump on board, put their head down and get to the basket, or they can pull their hands back and stop complaining. But one way or another, they got to focus on beating the Bucks and not the officials. That's Radio.com Sports Insider Brian Scalabrini. You can also find Brian on SiriusXM NBA Weekday Mornings. Brian, appreciate the time, man, and uh, we'll talk soon here. 
You got it, guys. See ya. That's Brian Scalabrini joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019? Look no further. Call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank, providing simply local common sense lending to your community since 1935. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.